and welcome to the Zolly Mamza podcast with Magali and Hansini, where we have thought-provoking conversations about journeys, life and much more. Catch our latest episodes every Monday. Thank you for tuning in and we hope you enjoy. Hi everyone, welcome to another episode of the Zolly Mamzelle podcast. I hope you're all doing well and today we have two special guests with us and they're actually from the Zolly Mamzelle team. I welcome Divya and Mansi. Please just give an introduction to yourselves. Uh, Divya. Uh, hi, <laughs> how are you girls? Good, thank you. Yeah, good, thanks. Hi, I'm Divya. I'm one of the Zolly Mamzelle editors and I help behind the scenes mostly so yeah and it's nice to be here yeah no we're excited because we always have like conversations during our team meetings so we thought why not do an episode with the team hello um my name's Mansi and I'm currently a content creator at Zoli Mamzel I um write some educational posts and I have a little series coming out calling called um Apan Onu and I'm really excited to be here and have this conversation with you guys. Yeah, sounds Yay. good. And yeah, so everyone should literally keep their eyes peeled out for um, Mansi's upcoming posts. They're <laughs> really, yeah, thought-provoking and like just really interesting. It's going to get conversation going, hopefully. Uh, yeah. So this episode is going to be sort of like a fun one. We have like a question that we sort of want to discuss and see everyone's perspectives and what what they think and so today we're going to be talking about culture and interracial marriages our opinions on them and the question that we've got today is when you marry someone from a different culture or a different race do you lose out not specifically you but do you tend to lose out on your culture um do your kids tend to kind of miss out on both sides? So what's everyone's opinion on that? Um, I think we should also like throw it out there that none of us are sort of married. Yeah, no one is. <laughs> <laughs> so this is, this is actually very much like our opinion right now from what we've yeah. seen, what we've experienced i guess yeah yeah but we'll do a review in like 10 years time 10 years time yeah i was <laughs> gonna say <laughs> See where we're at. just gonna say um i'm still single so i'm still yet to experience <laughs> any of that <laughs> just putting well, it out there <laughs> just put it out there you know <laughs> i'm not i'm not married but i'm currently i have been in a one-year relationship with someone who's a different culture in the sense that I'm Mauritian and they're um, British and different race. I'm brown and he's black. Mm-hmm. So and what's so, been your yeah. what's your experience been like in terms of navigating through like different cultures? Um, I think at the start it was definitely quite hard because there was a lack of understanding there that a lot of the language that was being used or even the way situations panned out and the way I would look at those situations or the way he would look at those situations were very different. And not just in terms of our relationship, but also outside of our relationship. There were a lot of things that we would agree on, but there was also a lot of things that we would disagree on. Um, I can't really think of a specific example at the moment, but I do remember at the start of the relationship when I was struggling with finding a place in British culture 
coming from Mauritius, um, mm-hmm. there was a lot of tension there because we were just friends at the start. And there was a lot of tension there in the sense that I was just, and he's described me as this from the first time he met me. He said, you were just unique and people struggle to understand you. And that's all that happened there. And it wasn't that people didn't like you. It's just, they just couldn't understand who you were at the very start. And that kind of transcended in my relationship with him. And he was one of the first people who actually tried to understand me and think outside the box of why is this girl like this and why does she see these situations like this and that's probably why we clicked so well but yeah mm-hmm. that's basically what it was at the very start oh that sounds really nice actually because it's true because I mm-hmm. think sometimes you're right like sometimes you think oh people don't like me but it's not that they don't like me so that they don't understand how you are definitely and yeah most of the time people aren't as open-minded as we'd like them to be mm-hmm. um yeah so th- how did like culture come into place in terms of like I don't know did you try sort of explaining like where you the Mauritian culture to him and vice versa mm-hmm. well the thing is um we didn't really clash on culture that much as we got into our relationship and got to know each other that much better. It's because also he's from London, so he already has that multicultural side to him where he's had a diverse group of friends. He Before he even met me, he already had about three people who were Mauritian on his group of friend, in his group of friends. Mm-hmm. Um, so, But the, this is where we kind of clash because his experience with Mauritian people were British Mauritian people they weren't it's not that they are in Mauritius but they just weren't brought up in Mauritius so Mm -hmm. there was a bit of tension there because he just assumed a lot of things from what he had experienced with his own friends and thought Mm -hmm. that it would kind of translate the same yeah in my relationship with him but a lot of things I wasn't aware of a lot of things with a lot of things basically just the way you speak to people, the way you become friends with people, a lot of things, my approach were quite different. He he tend, because he was from London, and I feel like that's a, a rule that applies to all Londoners, you just know everyone. You kind of just know everyone in London. So I think... So I think in his head, it was like, oh, I already have these skills. I can become friends with people really easily. And um, when he approached me, it was in a very friendly way but it was also very out there and I was really reserved at the start because I came Mm. from a different culture there was a lot of things I was scared of saying I was just I just didn't know how to navigate situations and conversations basically it's not that I was completely inept it's just obviously Mm -hmm. there was the constant anxiety at the back of my head thinking oh I'm going to say something stupid now I'm going to say something that is not going to make sense because a lot of times when I would say something he just it would be the literal meaning of it but he just wouldn't understand and this wasn't a breakdown in language this wasn't a breakdown in communications this was genuinely just a completely different way of using language and completely different way of using um these non-verbals and verbal words basically when you come from London or when you've lived in London we almost feel like it's a bit of a bubble it's kind of the end all be all like this is the best place and you Mm -hmm. know everything I think there's some sort of confidence that comes from coming from London then when you step out you realize there's a whole world outside because the London's got this reputation of being so diverse we think that we have actually experienced a lot of it until we step Mm -hmm. out and realize oh wait no we haven't it's like there's so much more outside that's exactly what he told me um uh, like six months into 
getting to know each other, he just told me that um, he kind of took for granted the fact that he had such a, a knowledge of diverse people in his group that he just took that for granted when he came to uni because he didn't think that he was going to meet anyone that was going to break that norm that he was exposed to. Yeah, definitely. I, I felt that too, like going into uni, I was like, I've, I, you know, like I've lived in London, it can't can't get any more diverse than this. Yeah. And then I went to Norwich, which is in the middle of like, well, not really in the middle of nowhere, but then you meet literally all different types of people and you're like, whoa, okay. Definitely. Culture shock, literally. <laughs> um, sort of back to your point about you were scared that you, were, you say something like stupid, but I think that yeah. highlights like Mauritian culture as well because a lot of the things probably you wouldn't say in Mauritius but you can be open here is that right mm-hmm. um technically yeah in the sense that when I first came to uni it was it was it was very alien to me because um I identify as bisexual when I first came to uni I was really unaware of how people talk about these things here because it was mm-hmm. something so different for me I had only just started thinking about sexuality reading on sexuality understanding it myself alongside my friends I'm really lucky that back at home all my friends are really open-minded a lot of them are also LGBTQ plus so that was a learning experience for me but it was so close to the time when I was coming to England that when I did come here for me it was such a it was such a weird topic to try and bring up because I was scared of what people would think are they open-minded mm-hmm. here or they am I like I don't know because I don't know this culture firsthand mm-hmm. Divya what's your opinion on this in terms of like cult- the kind of culture differences in a relationship uh, I feel like on top of coming out of London so obviously being in a relationship with someone who lived in Norwich like you guys we were two very different people as well. Like, even though he was half Mauritian, I was Mauritian, there was this, just this massive difference between us. And it was like, I thought I could just talk to him about anything and anything to do with Mauritius. Like, even though I was brought up here, um, my parents raised me, um, you know, with the Mauritian kind of roots. And so I thought, oh, it's kind of easy with this guy. Like, we got along really well as friends and everything. But then when it came to talking about the culture and everything, he had no clue. <laughs> and oh, I was like... What, about the Mauritian culture? Yeah, like, just about, like, he knew about Mauritius and everything, about food mm-hmm. and all of that. But it was like, he just didn't really know about, like, the cultural things, like, you know, things about Sega, um, mm-hmm. like, the way families come together and, you know, all of that. And it was just like, oh, this is interesting. <laughs> I feel like, you know what, I feel like it, it, like, with London especially, like, how Nancy was saying about her boyfriend we kind of grew up in this like diverse community and this like diverse there's so many different people that we've met in London and become friends with like for me I've got like a massive friendship group with like different people like Punjabi, Gujarati, uh, Black, you know different kinds and then when I started dating him and everything it was like he just was completely different but I feel like it was the way he was brought up in this kind of different community and he didn't have like the same amount of diversity within his friendship group or anything but I'd like yeah it's, it's I I don't know I feel like it can be difficult in some sense because it's like when you try and talk to them about culture sometimes they act interested and then other times it's like I don't really want to know or they, sometimes like I'll be singing 
songs in the car like I'll put Sega on something and I'll be like singing my heart and he's like turning it down and acting all embarrassed and it's like why are you embarrassed about it what have we got to be embarrassed about and it's just like oh I don't know I just feel embarrassed about it and I just yeah it's, it's weird really but I feel like if I was to date anyone now that was outside of like my culture or anything I'd still kind of be myself in terms of wanting to talk about my culture and talking about you know even though the fact that I was brought up here I love being Mauritian like British Mauritian it's I, I don't know it just it, it just depends on how you are with a person and how comfortable you are about talking about these things a lot of people like are embarrassed about they haven't had that exposure, exposure to like the Mauritian yeah. and that is one part of me as well that like I fully that's when I'm like myself like 100% you know when you're blasting out like a Sega like the old mm. one and you're literally singing yeah. dancing your heart out that is like me and mm. if I can't like share that with someone else or they're not open to see it like I can understand why um yeah there'll be a clash there and but, because like, it, they like, haven't been no saying like with me like for instance if I was blasting out music in the car like if it was so or anything and he would turn it down it would kind of make me feel bad in a way that I'd be like I shouldn't talk about this then or maybe I should just stop listening to Segar mm-hmm. in front of him which then ends up reflecting on me to say okay maybe I'll just stop listening to it then and it's like it can affect you in some sense like when you've been with someone for so long as well like I remember when I was with um you know like outside of marrying or outside of dating someone who's completely different it kind of comes to friendship groups as well like I completely lost my identity in school um Mm -hmm. you know I had a friendship group which were all Asian and it was all nice and everything and then things happened so I kind of went in a new friendship group which was mostly like white girls and I kind of lost my roots in some sense where I was like just didn't really care about the culture anymore and I just didn't it didn't feel like myself and it was only until uni that I started to get back in touch with my roots and get in touch with um wanting to have that exposure to it again and that's where I started to speak Creole and listen to music and um appreciate you know just appreciate the finer things (laughs) about you know our culture yeah I feel like part of I think a big part of growing up is being comfortable with your culture and knowing where you like where you feel comfortable with it, where you don't, if that makes sense. Because I don't think you can ever meet someone that's exactly on the right level as you. Maybe you can, yeah. but I feel like because we're all so different, the way we're raised, the, I don't know, the ethnic part of like like you know whether you're Indo-Mauritian or Afro-Mauritian or whatever kind of Mauritian you are is very different to be exactly on the same level as everyone else mm-hmm. um so even if you were to get with someone of the same culture I think there would be differences because yeah. I feel like there's another difference between like British Mauritians that were born here and then Mauritians who were born in Mauritius or were maybe born here but grew up in Mauritius like there is like Manti said there is a massive difference between the two of us so like sometimes people can not discriminate but kind of distance yourself like they will distance themselves from you based on like where you've been brought up in terms of your Mauritian identity like I remember being at uni and people who were coming from Mauritius would say that Mags and I aren't Mauritian enough like they would make fun of yeah like aren't Mauritian enough would take the piss out of the our creole that we spoke 
And then there'd be Mauritians who were born and raised here who had wanted nothing to do with us, like literally nothing to do with us. So that's kind of like the differences, the extremes we've gone through. And then, you know, we had our parents at the time saying to us, why are you getting involved in Mauritians? Oh. <laughs> yeah, I've had, that. I've had that so many times. So this, so this is the thing, like these are like all the different experiences <laughs> we come across. So I don't know. I feel like how do you, like even if you were to end up with someone who was Mauritian or not Mauritian, like there would be so many differences you'd have to deal with, even within yeah. the category. Completely agree. Yeah, and that's yeah. No sense. So my parents actually, they're completely different, like culture, like they're different Hindus. So my mom is Tamil Mauritian and my mm-hmm. dad is Vedic, like Hindu Mauritian. So there was so much like there was a massive clash because obviously <laughs> they celebrate things differently they do things differently and you know my mm-hmm. mom and dad they came to this country they met like whilst doing nurse training and everything fell in love happy days and they thought you know they had this bubble around them and then the moment they go tell their families there's just all of this <laughs> pan-up man about oh but you can't marry inside like, this culture like he's this he's that the other um my dadima she oh, <laughs> she always used to call my mom names <laughs> it was like like it was confusing for me and my brother like growing up and we were younger we were like well, mm-hmm. why does she not like mum and they that but like we grew up to kind of understand that but then we kind of questioned why why Mauritian at the end of the day like mm-hmm. why have we got to be so against each other even the fact that Hindus different types of Hindus are against each other like mm. <laughs> yeah for sure I think we're so pitted against each other to be really honest Definitely. and I think it's kind of it's really up to us, I think, our generation to, I like, I always Break. say this, there's so many differences between us that we just, at this point, have to embrace it. Because if we go further into the little details, it's just going to, it just gets too much. <laughs> yeah, and it's, it's counterproductive. So there's like, but there's so much to it. Like, as much as I love being Mauritianated, this I've witnessed so many problems with my own, like, Mauritian identity growing up. It's like, for me, as a dark, like especially as a dark skin Mauritian, um, it's kind of like oh, she's too black, she's this, she's that, the other one. It's like, so I'm, am I Mauritian or not? And the other thing is like, like so I remember one time in school there was this other Mauritian girl. She was Muslim Mauritian. She was a lot fairer than me, and she didn't want to be friends with me. I was like, I was more than happy to be friends and get to know another mm. Mauritian girl because you know I didn't You'd... know anyone else yeah, and I wanted yeah. to get to know her, and she didn't want to get to know me because I was apparently the blickest Mauritian she'd ever seen. <laughs> what the hell? Whoa, <laughs> mate, there is so many <laughs> issues going on here. Yeah, I know. Holy and I was just shit. like, so she doesn't want to get to know me just because of my colour. Like, you think oh, that it's not just culture, like our culture differences, but it's also mm-hmm. skin colour as well. And I'm just like, uh-huh. well, this is something like... Oh my! <laughs> oh my god! The do colorism th- is real. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> do you think that comes from, like, the way you've been brought up? Like, do you think that has that plays a big part? Like, yeah, hundred percent. I feel like I think a lot of Mauritian people take up from their parents, and they um, like. Uh, 
a lot of people are like, you know, our parents, they picked everything up from their ancestors or, you know, their parents. But it's really up. And like, this is the same for us. We pick up so many of our opinions and assumptions from our parents. But it's mm-hmm. really up to us to kind of be like, does this fit in with my morals? Is this really what I want to mm-hmm. believe? But, well, I think a lot of, but I think a lot of times that kind of questioning doesn't happen until mm-hmm. much much later on and for some people never really like you know what Divya is saying about how like her parents like their differences was a big thing but even mm-hmm. within my family like this expectation from an Asian for for me like as an as a I don't know Hindu Mauritian girl it's kind of oh you're end you're going to end up with a Mauritian person mm-hmm. and especially a Hindu person but it's like where do you get that here <laughs> like where do you get that like this is the thing I feel like when you get married to someone it's also dependent on like them Mm. like and Mm. their their culture because I think some like different people are passionate about their cultures differently like some people don't really mind um dipping into your culture whereas some people expect you to fully be part of their culture Uh um like some people don't mind but I think it's about having that understanding between two people um yeah like what what do you how do you want to raise your kids I was gonna say in terms of my parents like they even though they came to this country and even mm-hmm. though you know they came to study here they they came with an open-minded anything they still kept their roots and they still kept a part of them and even to date the way they have brought me up with these same roots I kind of expect to carry that on even within my own like when I True. have my own kids, I will still want to mm-hmm. bring them up. But I think in, in some way, not on the same level as my parents, because like the way my parents brought me up, they've taught me how to speak Creole. Like from a baby, they've been speaking Creole to me and everything. But with me, it's kind of like I will be, I would be more lenient, not because I don't want them to have the exposure to culture, but I just feel like I know that I had a cousin who grew up with a German dad and a Mauritian mum. And she, like, bless her, she's so young, but she was like, do I speak German? Do I speak English? Do I speak Creole? And it's just like, they get so, even though they have so much, like, exposure to everything, they get so confused themselves. And witnessing that, I, would, I wouldn't I would want my child to go through that. I would be, like, more, eat, like, I'd be mm. easy, easing on them. I would teach, teach them about, like, the culture and about the religion and all of that kind of stuff. Because, yeah, but I wouldn't be as strict as my parents or as traditional as them in some sense mm-hmm. yeah, I don't know what, what do you think about like I, I mean for me I would be more lenient about it like I would still want them to have exposure to it but I wouldn't want them to feel confused about their identity I'd want them to figure it out on their own as well especially as they're growing up like I basically did it's such a hard question to answer in the sense yeah. that when you think about children they are already so hard to raise in a way (laughs) because they are so complex um Mm -hmm. but just the thought of if I were to move to England and I'd have to carry my culture with me I think it's really hard to expose your child to Mauritian culture continuously while living abroad because there's already so much Mm -hmm. of a limited resource there like even me being here at the moment there's already a cultural change going on in Mauritius at the moment that I'm not experiencing and and I'm having to secondhand experience it and Mm -hmm. that in itself as a parent now I'm thinking in the future as a parent not being in the uh, on the island and having to keep up with the new cultural updates I just really don't know how I I myself would be able to to cope with that 
because even when you look at the the merchant influencer industry at the moment, the merchant music industry at the moment, when I was younger, I didn't have these kind of visuals for myself when I was growing up. And these videos, these music videos now, they have about 4 million views. They're blowing up and they they have really high production. And same thing with um, the culture on Instagram and all these things. And it's just, the culture is becoming more and more westernized in a way mm-hmm. and it's just hard to keep up with how it's been westernized but also has held that motion essence that culture mm-hmm. it's 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 a new discovery for myself so now I'm thinking when I'm older and there are going to be so many more new things coming yeah. about and things are going to be so much more different in 20 years because things have changed in the past three years so quickly that it's mm-hmm. genuinely so mm-hmm. impressive but scary at the same time because I haven't gone back in two years and in these two years I've already felt a bit lost in the sense of I don't really know where I stand with my culture at the moment because I feel like my culture has progressed so much more and I've just been on the side experiencing it from like an outsider's point of view it's been a really weird experience I was actually gonna say Mansi's point is is a very good point which I didn't think about Mm. because I right now my sort of thoughts on um, carrying on the culture like I really want my kids to know all mm-hmm. about the Mauritian culture like speak Creole speak mm-hmm. French and they can learn English when they're at school because mm-hmm. I think that that's really important for me to pass it on to them so then when they grow up they have a choice whether to you know carry it on or not hopefully they do and still be in touch mm-hmm. with the culture because I don't want them to like you know when we go to Mauritius and they're like it's a foreign to them I mean yes it will be but I do want them to sort of recognize some stuff but then like you said like we have I haven't even been back for like the last since 2012 Mm -hmm. so it's been like eight years so you're right I have no yeah this is why like I would want to bring up my children to kind of experience it like give them that exposure to it but also let them understand their Mm -hmm. identity as well because I remember when I grew up with my parents and I remember like as a child I don't really have many memories of being in Mauritius but then when I went back uh, I was 17 so mm-hmm. this is like, after a couple of years I went back when I was 17 and I thought oh you know I'll be fine um, I know about the culture I know about everything and I went there and oh my god I had the biggest shock everything was just so different to what I expected mm-hmm. like even going there I thought oh you know I could speak Creole and everything and they would you know they like if, if I went bazaar they'd be like oh don't speak don't speak Creole oh yeah from the UK yeah no literally <laughs> okay. <laughs> like, okay cool and like this is it like even like little things like that I thought I'd be mm-hmm. confident and I'll know about the culture and I'll know how to talk to people and everything and then I go there and witness everything even watching the news and I thought wow this is completely different to what I thought like growing up as a teenager trying to understand this it was a massive contrast to what I was actually brought up with like even going to a Kavadi for instance in the UK we go around the temple let's say in the in Mauritius you're going around the whole freaking country on this like, thing and it's just like oh oh wow okay like it's it yeah it's, it's, I, I completely agree with you, Nancy. Like the fact that things are changing culturally, even if it is like the music and you know all of that, it's it's a massive contrast to what I expected. Mm-hmm. Things are changing so quickly; it's quite scary, to be honest. But even bringing today, it, even today. 
I was just going to bring it back to your point about bringing up children and how um, as someone who is British Mauritian, there's, mm-hmm. I've, I have felt this kind of exclusion from my family members who are British Mauritian and they have been brought up mm-hmm. in England mostly. What I've mm-hmm. had from them is a sort of exclusion where it was kind of, they kind of looked down on us. But I don't blame them for it because they were children back then. But who I do blame for it is the parents. And this is when I bring parents. it back to my point of bringing up my children if I were to bring them up in England as a Mauritian person is what they've done there is I'm pretty sure they have never had any input from anyone else who was Mauritian and who liked their culture because the only mm-hmm. person they had was their dad and their dad wasn't had moved to England at the age of 18 so there wasn't much there to have some input from and this is when I always say it takes a village to bring up a child it doesn't take two parents it takes a whole community yeah Yeah. and if you would want your children to keep that culture that Mauritian culture it doesn't only take the parents it doesn't only take showing them videos Um, Mm -hmm. taking them to the country because that's just going to be a massive culture shock for them what I think is is you need to have a group of people it doesn't necessarily mean friends but at least acquaintances or people you trust to bring up your children around them and they have that essence that Mauritian culture essence in their own Mm -hmm. values in their own um, uh, family and all those things so it kind of what yeah. is happening here is you are sharing that culture, even though it's it's the same Mauritian culture. It's two different mm-hmm. views of it. But mm-hmm. if you you are compatible with that and you would want your child to be exposed to that, I think that definitely helps them and shapes them as a person who's comfortable with their culture instead of mm-hmm. feeling as if they have to push their culture away from them because it's so alien to them that it becomes mm-hmm. a point of a kind of hatred towards your own culture because you've been so alienated from it and not not because it's your fault it's because people have just failed to help you integrate into that culture properly and make you feel accepted like that's how I think is going on there to be honest so so with all the scenarios that we've spoken about and like from our experience and the relationships we're currently in past experiences we've all assumed that we want to bring up our children with the Mauritian culture, whatever that means to us. But what Mm -hmm. happens when you're with someone who is completely different culture to you and you have to find the balance between the two? Um, Like, where where do you draw that line? Like, not draw the line, but how do you... um, What's your opinion on that then? Because then it doesn't just become about, oh, you know, I want to bring my kids up with Mauritian, yeah, okay, but then there's also someone else who also wants that about their culture. So how do you navigate around that? Or what are your opinions around that? Um, so me and my boyfriend have kind of spoken on it just because we're reaching that age now where we're about to graduate and everything. So we kind of have to have those conversations. But basically, um, he's Jamaican, but he's British-born Jamaican. And he does have mm-hmm. family members back in Jamaica. So with the topic of if we were to have children together, um, it's it's a bit... It, it wasn't that hard for him to think about, oh, but my children are going to have my culture because I had it. I had a very big family members around me. He's got a massive family and he's been brought up with a lot of like cultural values from his own like Jamaican roots um, and still stuck with his British culture. He has never really um, 
struggled with his identity because he would always go back to Jamaica. His parents, his uh, his family members, as I said, they were all very loving, very supportive. They still stick to their culture, but also have the British culture with them. And they're all um, second generation British born. So it's not like they've all moved from Jamaica. They're all, they've all been brought up in England too. And his parents, he's seen that in his parents, he's seen that in his family members. So I think growing up, he was comfortable with his culture and how it was torn into two. It was never, mm-hmm. it was never for him. And also the thing is with British culture, it does have a lot of Jamaican culture in it, in the London scene. So I think growing up, yeah. he already had that comfort. But now when I discussed that with him, I was telling him, I don't think my children will ever have that comfort because Mauritian culture is not integrated into London culture or British culture. You don't really see that. So for me, it was just, I think with his side of the culture, there's already that baseline there for the child to be able to have experiences from and to have a sense of belonging. But with my culture, there isn't that baseline there. And that's when I was telling him how, the older we get I definitely think I should have more and more Mauritian friends around me I don't think there should be that oh well they are Mauritian I don't want to be friends with them that a lot of Mauritian people have as a mentality because we are progressing as a generation Mm -hmm. definitely it is something that I hate a lot too but I understand Mm. it to a certain degree I do understand it yeah Yeah, because a lot of us have progress in the sense that we are more open-minded we definitely aren't homophobic transphobic or all these things and Mm. I personally as someone who as I said identifies as bisexual and is also a person of color I just would not be able to put my child in that kind of an environment that is so toxic and detrimental to them I just wouldn't ever be able to do that now if you're excluding someone on the sense that they're homophobic transphobic anything against human rights that's completely mm-hmm. fair but to push someone out because they're essentially too Mauritian for you I think that's a very um narcissistic point of view in my mm-hmm. eyes because it's yeah. a very oh I'm better than you but how are you better than that person it's, it's very contradictory <laughs> yeah it's very contradictory yeah. because you're saying oh I want more of this culture but I don't want more of you I don't want more of people who have the same culture as me no stay mm-hmm. away that's that's just very hypocritical and I, that's also what I told him. And I was telling him about how it's so different because he hasn't seen that in his Jamaican culture because they mm-hmm. just love each other so much. They have such a sense of community in that mm-hmm. culture that clashes with the lack of sense of community in my culture. And this is when mm-hmm. I was telling him how I just, I genuinely don't know how to go through this in terms of marriage, in terms of him coming to Mauritius. I'm scared of him coming to Mauritius, let's be honest. Um, and even just having children, all of it is just so scary to me. But for him, mm-hmm. this is when you see the difference of how comfortable he is with his culture yeah. and how to integrate that in his child's life. And I just, I'm struggling because I think we can all agree as Mauritians, that the whole aspect of being Mauritian is so complex yes you can never yeah definitely yeah yep (laughs) yeah you can you can never describe it if someone were to ask me what is what is it to you to be Mauritian and to other people I I just stand there like I have no idea I have no idea how to pen this down properly genuinely there there are are so many many different ways ways. just identifying yourself as well like even for me I didn't grow up in Mauritius I I identify as a British Mauritian but even then there's so Mm -hmm. much to that and it's just like bloody hell 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Definitely. <laughs> it's just like I, I, I completely get where you're coming from with that because it's just like hearing that and hearing that he's got that kind of sense of place and sense of like he's got that comfort of it. Whereas us, uh-huh. it's like for me as well, like going to Mauritius and witnessing the whole identity crisis of you can't talk to this person, you can't talk to that person. Oh God, yeah. Um, you know that that kind of thing as well. It's just it, it is so confusing. So uh-huh. it's, it's deep. <laughs> that, that's that's what I always say about Mauritius. We have this facade that we are so multicultural, but we're mm. not culturally sensitive at all. Because we have such a division between all cultures, but somehow we pretend that we're in such a good harmony That's when we're really true. not. true, when it's really <laughs> not. Because, yeah, like we have this like the outlook to other people, like we're a paradise, we're this like multi, like definitely um, yeah, mu- multicultural country. But in reality, like you're right, we don't actually have a really good sense of community. Mm-hmm. As, no. Yes, there are aspects there. And that's why I'm really grateful for what yes, the experience I yes. had at uni. Like we all, I, well, I think like I met um, a range of different like Mauritians where the internationals, but like overall my experience was really, like it was great. So I'm grateful for mm-hmm. that. But I recognise that that's not the same if you're in Mauritius or other places. Mm-hmm. I think it's very, like you said, it's a facade. Like it's very out there in terms of, oh yeah, okay, you know, if a Diwali will go give your next door yeah. Chinese sweets and things like that. And like everyone celebrates something great, perfect. You're getting the biryani for Eid. But the reality is um, the moment it steps into your house and it becomes about marriage, it becomes about your friends, then it's a very very different conversation very different indeed <laughs> very very yeah it's, it's yeah. so weird that you say that as well like had seen like for instance I, I witnessed that myself when it was like Eid and they would bring things over uh, like bringing Briani over it's like oh that's nice of them but then like why can't I marry a Muslim then if you are happy <laughs> and friendly with them why can't I marry one <laughs> like it's so hard it's like I don't get it it's like in some way they're like it's it's a bit like it's like being a hypocrite in some ways because it's like you're welcoming them you're welcoming them what you're you're friendly with them you're being nice to them but i can't be married married to them yeah engage with them in that in that sort of way i can't be friends with them in that sort of way because they're different to me oh i was just gonna say like there's also the hypocritical part of it that i always laugh at when my mum tries to bring up any of those things is the whole idea that the west have men or women but technically men in this situation that men are so much more developed and so much more accepting understanding blah 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 but there's there's this thing that the west always pushes onto the east that our culture in the east is so much more orthodox when that is a complete lie when you compare the statistics of it like when you go down to facts when you compare the statistics of it you have the same misogynistic issues in both sides of the um sphere Mm. so it's just Mm -hmm. it's just really it's just really hypocritical to me when parents are like oh no but you should marry you should marry someone who's white who will have money who will do this blah 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 and it's just Mm. like no you will find the same level of trash in that community as you would in your own community (laughs) a hundred percent but see that's what i don't get where that yeah well said I don't get where that thing comes from. Like, oh, if you marry, yeah, a white person, like, your life will be will be better. Right. 
Honestly, sometimes they would rather you marry like a white person versus anyone else. Honestly, or if if they have more money, or if they're you know they can provide for you or anything. I I know from for a fact my mum was just like you should marry someone who can cater to your needs. I'm like, but what are my needs? I just want to. (laughs) No, it is. It's it's tricky. Because then it comes mm-hmm. to a point where sometimes it's like, luckily, like my family, they're very open. So, like, I know whoever mm-hmm. I choose, like, they'll be okay with it. But I know it's not the same mm-hmm. for other people. Mm-hmm. So, it's like, sometimes where do you draw the line? Like, do you make your parents happy or do you make yourself happy? I was just going to say, I have been in this situation a couple of times now because, um, one, I had to come out to my parents that I like women. And then two, um, I did. I was in a relationship before this relationship. I was in a relationship with someone who was Telugu, and that in itself was really complex because my mom would always have something bad to say, no matter who I brought mm-hmm. home. And I and mm-hmm. I came to that conclusion the more I grew up because I just realized that that's just her being a brown mom, and not to be stereotypical, but that's exactly what she was being because. When you look at who she befriends and who she has in her life, her statements really contradict what she says she feels. And that's Mm. when I stopped giving a shit because the more she started speaking, the more I realized that this is just a lot of internalized, uh, internalized colorism, racism, all these things. They're just so internalized that I can't help her with it. And it's not my duty to fit her ideologies because I'm a different person in a different generation and these things are not going to matter when I'm at the age where I need to get married because I'm going to be financially independent I'm going to have my own life things are going to be so much more different that I can't Mm -hmm. keep living up to their expectations because I've done my bit I've reached an age now where I genuinely need to start thinking about myself and not in a selfish way I, I don't think you're selfish at all I mean like for me I spent a lot of my teenage life and uni life living for others and living for my parents getting that mm-hmm. degree making them proud and I've only now realized like last year to live for myself and do things mm-hmm. for myself not to make others including my parents happy like I love my parents I love that they've brought me up and they've been able to look after me and everything but at the end of the day not be horror or anything but when they die I'm going to be left on my own true, and true. what am I gonna do like I have to start thinking about things for myself I have to start mm-hmm. thinking about how I'm gonna like keep myself stable I can't Definitely. you know if like, like let's say for instance god forbid my mom dies tomorrow or my dad mm. like this like tragic happens and I was living for them it will feel like there's have, no purpose exactly, I, exactly exactly so now I you know it, it really made me realize I really need to start mm-hmm. living for and doing things for myself and I don't think it's selfish at all like mm-hmm. I've had no. a lot of people to say to me oh I think it's selfish that you're doing this for your own it's like but why I'm living for my own you know like even for so growing up as uh, not growing up um as someone who did media studies mm-hmm. I was sh- like I was bad mouthed at all saying why are you doing media studies it's so easy it's this it's that the other you should do something like dentistry or doctor mm. be a doctor and, and all of that and it's just like but I'm passionate about media I, I want to do it because I, I have a passion for it and it's just like but you shouldn't and that's where I kind of started to realize I don't care about your opinion I don't care that you've got to say that about me I'm gonna do what I want mm-hmm. yeah so I think it's like something that you have to um, get through by yourself and decide Mm -hmm. because like for the longest time I battled with this thing of like, like when you hold your parents in a high regard, like in terms of you don't obviously want to hurt them, but at the end of the day, and I, I felt for the longest time, like making my own decision meant 
you know like Debbie said you know you're you're hurting them but then you need to realize is the cost of you know your decision mm-hmm. um, are you willing to bear that cost some people are which is fine like mm-hmm. some people would happily go with their parents decision which I've got friends who've done medicine or something that mm-hmm. they don't have a passion in and they're now miserable they regret yeah it. say it's, it's a lot of regret on them and it's just like mm-hmm. that in some senses you're it's not their fault but it is as well because it's just like you know in what you want to do in your heart so why don't you why didn't you go with that the other point I was going to say is like when you're making that decision where whichever way it is going with what your parents want versus what you want I think at that point you need to have a good understanding of what you are okay with in terms of consequences because some people would rather go with what their parents say and it makes them happier to Uh go down that route um and bear the consequence of you know like not doing what they want to do versus for me personally that's not a consequence I can bear but I think it's more about knowing yourself what you want for you versus you know you should do either way it's like about knowing I think it boils down to knowing yourself and what consequences you're okay to live with either way yeah I completely agree it's also that toxic cycle that we've seen in a lot of POC families basically it's that projection that parents have and that self kind of hatred that they have towards their own Mm. values but they end up projecting that on their children and they kind of enforce that on their children and I think that's quite toxic in its own ways but it's it's coming from a very um innocent place most of the times because it Mm -hmm. has been indoctrinated in us through Mm. religion culture orthodox values from parents from back in the day and it's just it's quite sad to see most of the time because as I said, it's just projection again. And for children who want to keep feeling that sense of validation from their parents, and I think a lot of POC uh, children yeah. struggle with that, is that constant mm-hmm. wanting to be validated by your parents. Yeah. And even yeah. even though when I was growing up, my parents were never hard on me about getting really good results, but they had that that sense of, um, what's the word? They had the uh, expectation and you could mm-hmm. feel it as someone who was getting good grades and it was always that, oh, but you are getting good grades. It's not that we We want you to keep it up. Yeah, Yeah, literally. It's that constant feeling of, oh, but I need to make them proud. And I don't know Mm. why it's such a big thing in the POC community, not just Brown, Mm. to be honest. Yeah, You see this a lot. It's always this race towards who's going to make the parents more proud, who's going to be the best, who's going to be the yeah. topper. It's, yeah. it's, it's that constant race that has been put into our culture. And this is the part of my culture that I don't really affiliate with anymore because mm-hmm. it's, it's very tiring. It induces a lot of anxiety because this is yeah. when I had to tell my parents about the fact that I was dating a black man. That mm. was really hard for me in the sense that I had worked so hard my entire life trying to please my parents and make sure that they mm. have the best life from as a child and not giving them any uh, worries, any kind of like disappointments because we had Mm -hmm. been through a really rough patch as a family when I was younger and that kind of put that into me that I always wanted to make them happy. And when when I was happy in my relationship now, it was such a big struggle going up to them and telling them. It was was the kind of anxiety that I would not wish upon anyone because... Mm -hmm. 
they are your parents and it's a it's a tough conversation because I could have fully walked out of that conversation being disowned and that is so scary because so many yeah literally so many people say they know their parents their parents would never do that and then you see them on the streets and it's just crazy that parents would do that and it's scary it's genuinely very very scary I also want to we're talking a lot about parents and you know like the relationship between your parent and you but Mm -hmm. I also think that kind of the toxic mindset could also come from friends like people of similar communities to you like it might not be so out there but I think surrounding yourself with people of like similar mindsets that haven't maybe they've been passed down these kind of mentalities but they're not kind of questioning it or changing it and you being around them that can also really like that that can play a big part in your life I would say yeah because it's not just because it's not just your parents it can also be like you know what your friends who you're befriending think about your relationship Oh yeah, definitely. That that was such a big part of um my relationship with my boyfriend is if when I told my friends about it, if any of them had any kind of rude thing to say or object to my relationship, that would have ended there and then because I just don't see the point of having a friendship like that that is in no way supportive or mentally mm. good for yourself. Yeah. It's just no, added on pressure. Growing up, I think this is another like identity thing for me, especially when I was, you know, in secondary school with uh, uh, hanging out with some white girls, mm-hmm. you know, they were just like, oh, in future, like, don't do this and don't do that. And they were like super controlling of me. Like, this is how I lost my identity as a Russian person mm-hmm. because it was just mm-hmm. like, oh, but like, for instance, if my parents had an argument and I just wanted to rap to them about it, the first thing they said was, oh, they'll probably get a divorce or something. And it's just like, what? Huh? But it's like, oh, they have like, a different mindset to me in that. But it's just like, this is it. Like, they'll have something bad to say and they wouldn't be supportive of that. And it would just like really kind of come onto me. Mm-hmm. Mm. No, um, it is difficult to navigate. But, but I, I, I had a question for you, Mansi, actually. Mm, yeah. Were your parents happy with you coming and studying here? Well, my mum did not want me to stay in Mauritius and my dad was indifferent. He, My dad is like really indifferent to a lot of things. Mm. Um, <laughs> he's just in the background. He doesn't really care. As long as I'm here healthy and happy, that's what he cares about. But because of certain difficulties that we faced with Mauritian culture at the end of the day I would call it Mauritian culture because it's the toxic idea that um, men shouldn't be punished for their actions in a way but Mm -hmm. while I was growing up we had a couple of incidents with a person that I don't want to name who kind of put my environment in danger I was put in danger my family members were put in danger so it, it wasn't really a choice of if I wanted to go abroad it was kind mm-hmm. of already imposed on me by the age I was okay. 13 back then. So by the yeah. age of 13, it was already a goal for me that I was going to leave because my mom had already put it, yeah, it had yeah. already put it down and very straightforward that your sister has left and you're leaving too with her and it's right. for your own safety. So in that sense, I have a very unique experience with how my parents wanted me to go abroad, mm-hmm. but the one thing my mom wanted for me when I was going abroad is she really wanted me to have a white boyfriend, which was, <laughs> <laughs> which was a bit like, uh, well, what happens will happen. But that also led me to being really naive. And this is one of the things I've always said when I first came to uni is people never realize how naive I was, despite the fact that I was very culturally aware and very um, comfortable with a lot of things about myself. But mm. I was very, very naive about a lot of things and especially mm. not 
not to be like that, but especially white men, because I had yeah. never been exposed to one or most of them like that back in Mauritius. I had never really experienced being friends with a white person, mm. being in their circle. And that's another topic that like Mauritius is still struggling to accept the fact that they are they aren't looking at how uh <laughs> the whole history with like, white people yeah i mean like yeah. i know that you're going out with the jamaican guy mm-hmm. if you were to ever take him to mauritius how do you think they would react to well, that? He, <laughs> he was supposed to come to mauritius last year before covid mm. happened yeah. and yeah. this was when i was literally just referring to him as my friend but yeah. there was suspicions there that he wasn't my friend and then the more we got into it, the more I felt like I was being very dishonest with myself. Right. And if I was very yeah. happy and proud of my relationship, I should just be really straightforward. So that's when I decided to tell my parents about it. Mm-hmm. But even when we go back to Mauritius, I had to have this chat with my boyfriend and tell him that it's not because I'm ashamed of him and I would never mm-hmm. want to do this, mm-hmm. but I kind mm-hmm. of have to do this because of the culture there. Is yeah. I just would not want people to say anything bad to him because if they did, I would lose it. I would get really angry and I would get into, yeah, very compromising situations. I don't (laughs) want to mess around with certain people in Mauritius considering my experiences with how it hasn't Mm -hmm. been good with dealing with Mauritian men and certainly young Mauritian men. It's it's very hard to to deal with because they have, Mm -hmm. they they are technically the same, they have the same level of priority in the Mauritian culture compared to white men in the Western culture. There's that same yeah. level of like, you're the best and you can't, you, nothing can be better than you. It's that ideology mm-hmm. that has been put into their heads and it's just very hard to deal with that. And I, mm-hmm. I just don't want him to get into any trouble. I don't want his safety to be compromised or anything like that. So that's why I was like, yeah. if we go to Mauritius, I will probably have to refer to you as my friend. But to yeah. people who yeah. I care about, to people who love me, to people who I know genuinely accept me for who I am, I don't give a Mm. shit. I will call you my boyfriend in front of them. And he knows that. He knows Mm. that the people who matter, they matter. Yeah. I mean, mean, that's really good, like, the fact that he understands that because I know Mm -hmm. I had a cousin who had a white boyfriend and, you know, like, she she was like you. Like, she had to stay, like, she wanted to just keep to herself about it. Like, she didn't really want to say anything. Like, she called him a friend. And Mm -hmm. in some way, he was like, he he didn't understand it. He actually Mm. got really hurt by it like as a British Mauritian like obviously I knew him and I was just like you have to understand it's not easy for her and he's like well why can't she just refer me as her boyfriend and it's just like you just it's not the same it's like people talk and they talk bad things and she just doesn't want that for you because she'll get so hurt on your behalf and then it's mm-hmm. her fault for it and even though it's not her fault and it's their fault the moment she opens her mouth and starts defending you and everything there is going to be a massive palab over that oh god so, yeah. yeah oh yeah the whole like, the I, whole thing of palab palab means gossip palab in it let me we should have like a a different like a podcast called palab (laughs) yeah i think we should should (laughs) but you know what annoys me yeah yeah what annoys me is is most of the time majority of the time it's it's like a palab gossip over nothing it's like Mm -hmm. literally it's like they just want to cause it like shit stuff for no reason yes they love adding fuel to the fire it comes in just when you think it's over it's something else like it's like something else pops up it's like it stops and then it's like yeah yeah. (laughs) and it's like how do people have so much energy but do you know what sometimes i I literally i question this i'm like 
is this like what I talk about? Like, am I just being hypocritical? Because I mean, obviously I've got my friends and I talk to them about things, but do I do this as well? And then I have to question and sit and I'm like, no, like it's very, very different. You make a very choice. Different. You make yeah. a choice. Um, you always have a choice in what you want to talk about and where you want to spend your energy. And if that's in other people's business, then mm-hmm. that's where you're mm-hmm. choosing to spend it. Completely agree. Well, no, and I, I, yeah, I get you, Manti. It's so hard. Mm-hmm. It's, it's like, I'm so glad he understands that because not a lot of people mm-hmm. do understand yeah. Yeah. the fact yeah. that you can't speak up for them for obvious reasons. And it's mm-hmm. like... In some ways, it, it really hurt my cousin when she took him and they, they it led to a lot of problems for both of them. Aww. Because obviously, it's like, he just didn't understand that. And it, it, it was just... Yeah. It was so like obviously it was it was hard for him mm-hmm. because he felt hurt that he she couldn't be honest and open about things even to her own kind of close family. But at the but, same time, it was just yeah. Um, not to say that he's in the wrong for the way he feels, but I do think that with being Western, you have a sense of economic leverage that comes with it. So you already have that mm-hmm. kind of privilege where you have a community and that is more accepting than what someone in the eastern side of the world would have or the southern side of the world as we are. Um, Mm. But I think with that comes the responsibility of the fact that you need to understand that the other person is doing that for your safety. And this is when, if I was dating a white person and they were angry at me for saying those things, I think I probably would not have been okay with that because Mm. you're coming from a sense of privilege that you have a community that is completely accepting, but you're completely not acknowledging that I don't have that privilege, that I yeah. don't come from a safe community that will accept you. I don't come from a community that is necessarily going to even want us to get married or let us get married because there are, yeah. there are those situations and I've seen them. So when someone comes from that point of view and they have an advantage in the relationship, I don't really agree with that notion. I don't really agree with that st- with that way of thinking because what you're saying here is oh you've fitted in into my culture but me trying to fit into your culture I don't get it and I don't want to try that's what it really says to me and that that is when like if my boyfriend had probably been a bit like angry about it understandable but to the point to say that oh but I don't really completely understand it. I don't agree with it. I don't want to do it. That's that's when you're not making a compromise because if you're going to date someone with a culture that's inferior in a way to yours in terms of their values and how they Mm. see things, then you Mm -hmm. need to be able to understand that the compromise is going to be detrimental to you in a way but it's yeah. how it is and that's how you need to navigate your relationship if you're going to absolutely. date someone like that absolutely I, I completely I think when you're stepping from two different worlds it just requires mad like a shit ton of understanding it's very and like patience patience yeah mm-hmm. understanding well, and patience it. because it's like literally coming from two perspectives and mm-hmm. there are things that you you know I think that when you're stepping into a relationship there are things I think you're you're aware of that you can see mm-hmm. like you know okay these are our differences from like this mm-hmm. top layer but then the, the more you go into a relationship the more you realize there are so many other things that you hadn't even seen coming mm-hmm. so then yeah. like then absolutely then well, this I think it, that's like, I when it like... requires a lot of like Mag said, patience. Patience. Mm-hmm. I think, yeah, it, it really does well. Like, you may know a person inside and out and be with them for so long, but then there are other things that come with it as well, like family. Like, there's so many different things. And, and like, I feel like this is it. This is, like, the the difficult thing about marrying someone of another religion or culture. Yeah. It's the fact that it's not, like, you may love them inside and out and want to be with them or anything, but then are you okay with, 
the whole change of their family and how their family are or like your family like, mm. for instance like mm-hmm. just giving an example here like me growing up in like a brown community go to a restaurant with your family your cousins and everything you got your uncles and that fighting for the bill right <laughs> fighting for the bill and it's just like oh god here we go but like it's just it's a nice thing because it's just oh no i'll pay for it i'll pay for it and it's like mm-hmm. it, it, it'll come back to that so ending point guys from our conversation has your opinion changed or has it not changed from um for the question of do you think marrying someone outside of your culture means you lose out or your kids will lose out on carrying forward your culture and what are your opinions in terms of if you're single right now I mean will you consider someone outside of your culture or will you not in terms of my opinion of whether you're going to lose out on your culture or your children and all of that um I think my opinion is still quite the same considering the fact that I'm already in a in a relationship where we're having to navigate both cultures and um, different ideologies and all those things. I think it all comes with how much you communicate with your partner and how honest Mm -hmm. you are, because the more you hide secrets about your culture, the more it's going to get toxic for the both of you, because there's going to be a complete lack of understanding there. And I think also from the get go, you have to set out your boundaries and make sure that the person is okay with those boundaries because you can't push those boundaries onto someone you have to be quite Mm -hmm. clear-cut with the fact that this is my boundaries and this is why and if you're not okay with that we can either work around them compromise or communicate again communication is just key Key. (laughs) and for people (laughs) for people who possibly are thinking of getting into a relationship where you're dating someone from a different culture it's a scary thing to do, but also just be confident. If you know you like the person, just be confident in what you feel and how you feel and just be okay with the fact that you are going to probably lose a couple of things from your own culture because if you're coming from the Mauritian culture, I mean, you're probably going to lose a little bit of it because the accessibility to your culture is very limited compared to Mm. other cultures out there. So you have to be kind of, comfortable with that idea but again just go for it and if it works it works just make sure that you're completely honest and completely straightforward with what you want from the relationship and where you want it to go honestly yeah definitely um divya thoughts i completely agree with Mansi here like (laughs) everything that she's just said was on point i i agree that um you know you should be comfortable with these things and if it, if you lose out you, you know it will happen but I feel mm-hmm. like when it comes to that like for me if I'm liking someone and I'm willing to kind of go through a challenge of if I'm compatible enough for you know maybe their family or anything I'm willing to go for it because I know myself and I know who I am as a person um do I lose out on my culture? We're just gonna have to see about that. <laughs> I don't think. I don't. I don't. I don't think so. I mean, like, I'm very passionate about it, but at the same time, I completely agree with you in some sense that it just mm-hmm. kind of boils down and comes down to the, that person. And yeah, and I think yeah, like I said on my last point, it's just being patient about it and yeah, like being open and communicating these things to them. And you're like, if there is a potential future then you know like it's, it's just it's just about being open um mm-hmm. in that in that case as well so yeah and in terms of things such as like introducing them to the family and like you know all of all of that stuff as well um even though it's a massive difference to getting to know someone inside and out um it's like am I willing to go through that challenge 
just gonna have to wait and see completely forgot to mention this when I was talking but basically there's this Instagram account that I follow when I was struggling with understanding how to deal with the whole backlash of dating a black man and being a brown woman and all those things I tried to find a community because that really helps finding a community and finding people who are going through the same things as you is just going to help you so much more because even telling my parents that account mm. really helped me come to terms with how to tell my parents how to introduce him to my parents and the account basically is called the blinden project they honestly mm-hmm. oh, literally it's so good their stories get me today <laughs> they make me happy honestly they make me so happy it's just nice to see some success su- eh? success stories out there Mm-hmm. sorry and i i think i think it's so important as well like when you're going through something like this to know that you're not alone you know like the more you're seeing people get together your kids are seeing that you're eventually your kids will see that you're you know you're currently seeing it it makes a difference in terms of it really does. knowing that it's a possibility like sharing your mm-hmm. story is very very powerful because you never know who will be going like you know what someone might get from from a story that you share yeah and I think you're right like the more we see it the more like it will become the norm because I think Mm -hmm. like I said before like it's all this competition or hypocrisy is very counterproductive like and it's so much wasted energy as well and then I was going to say that from my point of view I think this conversation sort of opened up our mind a little bit because I was sort of in not in two minds but no obviously I want to keep my Mauritian culture so then I was thinking the 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 possible like the only way to do that is to marry a Mauritian guy but then like you've said Divya like you dated a Mauritian guy and even that caused a lot of problems Uh so like Mm. it doesn't really matter (laughs) whether they're Mauritian or not (laughs) because either way there will still be problems yeah exactly yeah exactly and then yeah and then what you said Mansi about like is it doesn't matter if if you're you're teaching your kids the the Mauritian culture that you know but like Mm -hmm. in what 10 years time that's completely gonna change that is changing Mm -hmm. right now so either way like you're we are going to be behind if you are in another country so I think Mm -hmm. I I didn't deep it like that before so it, it, I think it really I, mean, I think especially Mansi's point it really got me thinking about it and just like, oh damn oh yeah okay. yeah because I, I yeah because I didn't think about it that way because I mm. remember like when I went back even though yeah everyone was friendly but you do feel you're sort of still behind a little bit because yeah. you haven't been yeah. living there but yeah so I think it's just a case of communication and mm-hmm. whatever happens like whoever you end up with you're just gonna have mm. to be open definitely with them and just understand also where they come from and why they think the way they think mm-hmm. and then I think you can start to navigate and the more we see like more different interracial and um, interreligion like couples the more mm-hmm. we'll start accepting and hopefully like in my head like I really want to break that whole you know really like backward mindset of yeah of, yeah like you shouldn't marry this person because they're x y and z like that i've really more of it. Yeah. yeah yeah uh so i think yeah that's my point of mm-hmm. it and yeah i'm hopeful <laughs> a positive but also like there are a lot of things we still need to work through i think yeah and it's interesting to see how we've all come to this conversation from the point of view of um the culture that is in 
seen as much in society and that's really <laughs> interesting because I would like to know how it is to be someone who's from the more prominent culture that is seen in society mm. as let's say my boyfriend um, his culture will always be there if we're going to stay in England his culture is always going to be there he's not really going to struggle with integrating that culture in his child's life and navigating an intercultural relationship is so much more different in his eyes and I mm -hmm. think for people like that who have that advantage the advice that I'd have for those people is just respect your partner and make sure you make communication as clear as you can because a lot of the time it can come off as patronizing unintentionally yeah. a lot of the yeah. like criticism the criticism that you'll have it mm -hmm. can come off as extremely patronizing but it's not yeah. your fault it's just you have to be very self-aware yeah. and be careful with the way you phrase things mm -hmm. yeah yeah that's my only advice basically your perspective on different culture is what plays a big part in your relationship some people Agree. stepping into a relationship with someone of a different culture means losing out on their relationship to other people it means a gain of culture mm -hmm. like from my experience I was with mm -hmm. someone that was very very different um culturally and for me I I realized that actually I gained so much from that experience. Like I learned so much and it actually made me appreciate my Mauritian culture even more, seeing them so proud of their culture. Your perspective on culture overall is what matters. Secondly, I think boundaries, setting boundaries for yourself and the other person setting boundaries for themselves. I think Mansi previously mentioned this. I think it's really mm. important. But mm -hmm. in order to set those boundaries, it's kind of questioning your identity and what you're comfortable with and thirdly I was going to say communication like you all said is really really important being able to communicate your feelings your perspective but also understanding the other person in hindsight I realize a lot of times now that um, sometimes we listen to people but we're not actually listening to them mm -hmm. and we're not really understanding them and I think it boils down to experience as well your experience of what you've witnessed what you've seen and you forming your opinions of those and sometimes not having expectations of like you know for example like Meg said going into a relationship with someone of the same culture which for us would be all Mauritian doesn't mean it's all going to be like perfect mm -hmm. Glory days, yeah yeah completely like, agree and the other thing I was going to say is like what Mag said about breaking down barriers and changing it I think it's really important for our generation and for us to really question those stigmas barriers and all of those because I think it causes a lot of damage to people who are going or who are stepping into these relationships um mm. long-term damage short-term damage whatever it is because there's a lot of things that you have to question you have to kind of you really have to like dig deep in and when you're having to face all these obstacles or whatever it can it can really affect you so I think it's really up to us to kind of change the narrative behind these relationships and the other thing another danger that I just thought of of like not changing the barriers that I've seen is a lot of people are so willing to tick the boxes to please everyone else that they forget that they will be spending the relationship with this person. Mm. So by the time you found someone that ticks all the boxes, they seem perfect and you seem unfulfilled. Very like you true. feel unfulfilled. So like sometimes we forget the whole point of being in a relationship is to find someone that you love you're and happy you, <laughs> you're happy with. 
in the process of like trying to please everyone else trying to do the right thing all this other stuff like we tend to forget you know what like I actually need to enjoy this person's company so yeah those are kind of my points (laughs) sorry I just rattled through it but no no no, I completely agree there's no more like oh there's one one path we have more freedom now and like we should embrace that we should be grateful Mm -hmm. for that if anything it's a privilege it's a a goddamn privilege like we're gonna round things up we hope you guys enjoyed um this episode let us know your thoughts on this topic i think there's so many opinions and so many different perspectives we'd love to hear your opinion thank you so much to mansi and divya for joining us and giving us some really valuable insight i really enjoyed that episode yeah i really enjoyed it as well thank you guys for inviting us to this honestly yeah thank you guys for inviting us to this it's really enlightening to me now yeah really enlightening and also really interesting to see the different point of views on this Mm -hmm. topic because everyone has such a unique experience with yeah. being in an intercultural relationship it's very very unique it's never yes. the same hello and welcome to the zolly mums podcast with magali and hansini where we have thought-provoking conversations about journeys life and much more catch our latest episodes every monday thank you for tuning in and we hope you enjoy